0: There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel straight out of a movie. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab for Season 3 of Jewish History Nerds, a new season of intrigue, mystical realms, and bloody battles. Jewish History Nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing, yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Available wherever you listen Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Christopher Hasiotis. Your regular host, Tracy V. Wilson, is out this week, so thanks for having me. It's December 10th, and one of the biggest heists in Japanese history happened on this day in 1968. Just under 300 million yen was stolen from a secure vehicle outside Tokyo. In 1968, that amount was worth around 820,000 US dollars. Adjusted for inflation, that'd be like stealing the equivalent of 6 million dollars in today's money. Here's how it all went down. On December 10th, four employees of the Nihon Shintaku Ginko Bank were transporting this massive sum of cash. Security was tight, as a bank manager had just days prior received threats of explosives in the mail. The money was intended to be used as bonuses for factory workers employed by technology conglomerate Toshiba. The vehicle was traveling through Fuchu, the city in the greater metro area of Tokyo where the factory was located. A policeman riding a white Yamaha motorcycle stopped the car, just about a block's distance from the factory gate. The policeman informed the crew in the car that their bank manager's house had been bombed and police had reason to believe the car they were driving was likewise wired with dynamite. As the four employees exited the car, the policeman said he'd examine the underside of the vehicle. While beneath the car, he'd discreetly set off a flare. The four employees saw smoke and flames, and when they heard the man, whom they believed to be a policeman, yelling for them to run for safety, that's exactly what they did. He, on the other hand, hopped in the car loaded with cash and just drove off. The vehicle was later discovered abandoned, without either the cash or the driver within. The ensuing investigation saw the Japanese police go all in. More than 170,000 police officers and hundreds of detectives were involved in the search for the thief. Police collected more than 120 pieces of evidence at the crime scene, including the thief's abandoned police motorcycle, which turned out to have been painted to look official, but wasn't. The security employees described the culprit, sketches were made and circulated, and the hunt was on. More than 100,000 people were interviewed in 1968 for the case. The first suspect was the 19-year-old son of a motorcycle policeman, but just five days after the robbery, the teenager died of potassium cyanide poisoning, raising suspicions. The death, however, was ultimately ruled a suicide, and he wasn't implicated. A year later, at the end of 1969, police arrested a 26-year-old man on an unrelated charge. He resembled the composite image created of the thief, but he, too, was ultimately exonerated when he was able to prove he was taking a test at the time of the robbery. On November 15, 1975, just months before the seven-year statute of limitations was set to expire, police arrested a friend of the 19-year-old first suspect. They'd found large amounts of unexplained cash in his possession. In the end, nothing came of that inquiry either, and the statute of limitations on criminal charges Was reached in December of 1975. A separate period of civil liability expired in 1988. After that date, the thief would not have been at risk of any legal repercussions. He could legally benefit from profits from the crime. He could have written a book, for instance, or sold his story to a TV station. A 1999 investigation by the newspaper Shukan Hoseki identified a potential suspect then in his 50s. However, other publications found significant flaws with that theory And it was ultimately abandoned. As of the recording of this episode, half a century later, the case remains unsolved. The culprit has never come forward, and the money remains lost. For years, it was the largest robbery in Japan's history. Most recently, it was surpassed by a 2004 robbery of 500 million yen, which was then surpassed by a 2011 robbery where two masked men stole 604 million yen, or about $7.4 million. But the 1968 robbery, The 300 million yen robbery, as it's known, remains the most notorious in the public's memory. The original crime has inspired numerous books, articles, comics, and TV shows, as well as the 2000 film Sanoku and Jiken. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you like to find your podcasts. Come back tomorrow and we'll learn about A Royal Trial.